To the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth. We think we know who that is. (laughs) But this is where we turn into the Godfather. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Oh, man. (laughs) Yes, it's going to be one of those days. Hi, I'm Michael on this side of the table. Lou is on that side of the table. Say hi, Lou. Hello. And Lou has a fancy new microphone set up, so hopefully he sounds better. Yeah. I mean, not like he sounded bad to begin with, but you know. You probably barely hear me. It is what it is, man. (laughs) (laughs) And we are here to tell you that in the world, all Jesuses are good, except for the real one. Oh, man. (laughs) Yes. Lou, Lou, I walk in and Lou goes, you've just got a knack for finding the things. (laughs) It's a gift. We're a curse, depending on how you want to look at it. So what are we talking about? Well, we are talking about Christology, as the title of this declares. Now, I read you a little bit from 2 John. Well, 2 John 1. All right, quick, quick little Bible lesson. When references are given in Scripture, you give a book, a chapter, and a verse. Mm -hmm. There are a small number of exceptions to that rule. They are Obadiah, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, Jude, and the great Jamaican epistle, Philemon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Philemon. Why are they the exception, you might ask yourself? Well, simple. They only got one chapter. Yeah, so you short. just give a verse. I, this is what I, the reason I just take a minute and point this out is I thought this was something everybody knew about their Bible because you just kind of pay attention. Mm-hmm. And I had a church secretary one time, and I sent her my, uh, my Bible verse for the sermon, and it was uh, Jude 1. It was Jude 1. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, what chapter is that? There's no chapters in Jude. Just just look at it for a sec. It'll be all right. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> and she was like, oh, are there any others like that? Yes, 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 there are. There's there's a few. So, a little Bible trivia. See, anytime we find like random little things like that, it behooves, there's your word of the day, it oh, behooves nice. us, and it has nothing to do with flying cattle that sting you. All right, that's not what behooves are. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's such a dad joke. Mm-hmm. I do what I can. It behooves us to cover them. So 2 John 1 is a letter written by the Apostle John in his elderly years, his, his golden years, either on Patmos in exile or ministering in Ephesus, written to the chosen lady and her children. Okay, I'm, I'm one of the oddballs. That's a church. Okay. No, I just I, I read some commentary and, yeah. and they I, had the I, same opinion. I'm 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 just we're laying that down. You're here. Official official show opinion. The chosen lady and her children are the church, the mm-hmm. local church that he is writing to. No, I don't know which one it is. Guess what? Nor do I really care because it's in your Bible. It's for all the churches. Right. It's for you and me and right. all of the people, oh, as you the guys. great prophet Edwin mm-hmm. McCain once said. So let's skip down to the really fun part. This is uh, one of my favorite little sections of Scripture. Okay. begins at verse 7. 
For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Ain't that the truth? Oh, I know it. Now, keep in mind, John is writing at the end of the first century. So he's writing almost on the fulfillment end of the promises of Christ, that there will be false prophets, and the fulfillments of the warnings of Paul, that you know people will wander away and acquire for themselves teachers. So John's writing in kind of the fulfillment of that, or at least the beginning of the fulfillment. Always remember this rule about your Bible, children. Ecclesiastes is always in effect. Therefore, mm. there is nothing new under the sun. So many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. Now, let's take a time out. Just because you acknowledge that Jesus was a real historical person doesn't mean you're a Christian. Just because you go, well, I like Jesus, and I think he's a great moral teacher, along with the other luminaries of faith and humanity like Buddha and Muhammad and whoever else you want to add to the list, doesn't make you a Christian, okay? John, John is writing to a church, therefore he's not giving you the mere Christianity standard. He's assuming a certain level of Christian knowledge. When we acknowledge that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, what John means is that you're acknowledging the fulfillment of all of faithful history. I would say Christian history, but then someone would try to pick a nip with me. So when we say, I say faithful history, the promises of the garden, the promises to Abraham, the promises to Jacob, the promises to David, the promises to Moses, the promises to all the faithful throughout the ages, as Peter said at Pentecost, the promises for you and your children and all those who are far off. Christ is the fulfillment of all of that longing. And I gotta be careful because I'm about to smack my microphone with all these hand motions I'm doing here. Right, and and when you read the the letter, I think John assumes that his audience is familiar with some of the other things that he's written, namely his gospel, talking about you know the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. John one, John five, where Jesus points to all the fulfillments of Scripture and the work of the Father and all the testimonies about Him. Um, Was it John eight, where He's talking about the fulfillment of the festivals in Him? John ten, where He's the good shepherd of the prophetic witness of the Old Testament. All of those fulfillments are what we mean when we say Christ is coming in the flesh. We mean the fulfillment of not some all of the promises, all right? So keep that in mind. This is what John's talking about. Many deceivers have gone out into the world. What's a deceiver, you might ask? Those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. In other words, those who do not acknowledge Christ as the fulfillment of all that God has done in all the works that he has wrought. In other words, another Jesus. You with me so far? Yes. Okay. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. That means against Christ. Who's the deceiver again, Christian? Just wait, make sure we're on page. Who's the father of lies and the murderer from the beginning? That's right, that's right, that's Satan. Watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. We like to summarize verses like that with a simple phrase. Check yourself before you wreck yourself, okay? <laughs> that's what John is warning you here, is be on guard, make sure you're paying attention, because as John pointed out in his first epistle, if you are not checking and paying attention, you will wander out from amongst the faithful brethren, which will demonstrate what? That you were never a part of the faithful brethren. So that's John who says that. So he's, he's building on that same idea. Anyone... How many people are included in anyone? All of them. <laughs> just, just making sure. Like, when we say anyone, we mean the highly technical term anyone. I love that my NASB has a little, has a little translational note there. Yeah, and I if you look that. at the translational note, it says, some manuscripts say everyone. 
<laughs> Mine says literally everyone. <laughs> so, yeah. My so, note. So, it's not some of the people. All of the people who go too far and do not abide in the teaching of Christ do not have God. Period. Okay. End of discussion. John 14, right? Mm-hmm. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Yeah, in his previous epistle, he says, if you say you are in Christ, shouldn't you also walk as Christ walks? And this would be part of walking as Christ walked, right. would be walking as if you're paying attention to who Jesus is, what he has fulfilled, and what that means for your life moving forward. All of these things are, are a matter of Christian faithfulness. So, anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ doesn't have God. The one who abides in teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. This goes back to one of, one of my favorite verses that we quote all the time. It goes from um, Luke chapter 6. The lead-in to the parable of the, um, the wise and the foolish builder. Okay. Right, you know the parable. There's two guys. One builds on the solid rock, and the winds and the waves come, and the house is unmoved. The other guy builds into the sand, and the winds and the waves come, and the house is washed away. Right. The kickoff to that is Jesus' question. Why do you call me Lord and not do what I say? Mm. Why, why do you say that I am Messiah, that I am who I am, and yet you walk like you can do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want? Well, I don't understand these two things. John's walking in that same tradition. He's pointing out the same things. Now, once again, Christian, go back to John's first epistle if you need to. Why can he say in chapter 4, you went out of us because you were not of us? Because he can point out how in chapter 3, how you have not overcome, how you have not walked faithfully. Because he can point out in chapter 2 that you have not walked away from your sin, but have continued to walk in it. Because he can point out in chapter 1 that the reason you've walked away from your sin is because you have trusted in Christ to forgive all your unrighteousness. See, there's a building that goes on in all of this. You don't just plop yourself down into the middle of 2 John and be like, well, you know, this is one of the last books of the New Testament written, which means it's one of the last revelations of Scripture given. I think I should ignore everything else that has come before it and just understand this by itself. Oh, that's dangerous. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. Mm. Those who do not acknowledge Christ as the fulfillment of all things, thereby ignoring the historical testimony that he is building upon. See, Paul, it's amazing how all these, almost like we know what we're talking about anyway. (laughs) If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, what teaching? The teaching of Christ and fulfillment of all that God has promised, the redemption of your souls from the pit of destruction, the bringing of new life, the sanctification of your body, mind, heart, and soul, and the empowerment to walk, as Paul would have said, in the newness of life. Anyone who doesn't bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house and do not give him a greeting. All right, time out. Does that mean you can't be nice to the pagans at Walmart? No, that's not what it's saying. Mm-hmm. That's not what it means. No, though. this is yeah. why that little understanding about verse 1 was so important. The chosen lady and her children are a church. Mm-hmm. What is their house? Think about it. Don't tell me it's the church building because they probably didn't have one. No, probably not. Their house is the spiritual fellowship that they themselves encompass. They are the tabernacle. Just like you are, by the way, Christian. Yeah. Not, a, not a thing has changed. Remember, Ecclesiastes is always in effect. Nothing new under the sun. So do not receive him into your house. Do not receive him into your 
fellowship. Do not receive him into your body. When you see the wolf, you treat him like a terrorist. Right. What do we do to terrorists? (laughs) This is my parenting lesson. You ready? This is my wife. I'm always saying this to my wife. I always laugh about this, and she laughs. I'm interested to see where he's going to go with this. Everybody goes, well, you don't negotiate with the terrorists. Oh, no, it's more than that, because you can't just let the terrorists sit there and try to negotiate. Well, you go, no, 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 I don't negotiate with you people. No, you shoot them in the face. Mm, I thought it was going to be burn them with fire, but, but <laughs> no, that, that's equally as effective. You, you shoot the terrorist <clears throat> in the face. Mm-hmm. You do not allow him to sit there and negotiate and argue. You just, you know what? We're done here. Put him out of his misery. Yeah, we're done here. Yeah. When children act like terrorists, you discipline them. You metaphorically shoot them in the face. <laughs> Don't literally shoot your children, okay? Oh, this is great. All right, that's not easy yeah. to do. <laughs> And get away with it. Well, yeah, it's not easy to dis- it's not it's not well it's not it's not a simple thing to you know keep shooting the children while training them in righteousness, right? <laughs> so metaphorically, you shoot them in the face. Um, when the false teacher shows up at your fellowship, you metaphorically shoot them in the face. You yep. do not allow them in the house. You do not give them a greeting. You kick them out. You re- you proceed to assign to them the left foot of fellowship. Yeah, I actually was watching YouTube the other day, and somebody got up in John MacArthur's. Um, congregation was going to talk to him about a few things, and and they they showed him the left foot of fellowship. I guess they could call it. They kicked him out. Yes, it was it was it was nice. It was but, a polite kicking out, but yeah. it was it was a kicking out nonetheless. Yeah, I mean we've had that here where we had a guy causing problems. And I remember him. Walk up and be like, uh, you you can't come here anymore. All right. No. I remember you're you're you cause problems. You distract things. You bring bad teaching into no get out. Yeah. He wasn't really participating in our well, congregation very much. Agreed, but he was still trying to have influence and disciple Indeed. and teach, and that Indeed. was the best part of the problem. So no, 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 yeah. you, you don't get to hang out here. As long as you're willing to sit down, shut up, and listen, we'll tolerate a lot of things. Mm-hmm. When that goes away, you have now brought yourself to the place where, no, you can't do that anymore. Right. And you can't do that here. you got to find someplace else to well, do that. We, as shepherds, you have a responsibility to guard the flock. This is, this is the old little thing they used to give in seminary classes. What's the job of a pastor? Feed the sheep, mm-hmm. convert the goats, kill the wolves. Nice. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard of that, but yeah, yeah it makes sense. That's on a t-shirt somewhere. If it's not, it should be. Kill the wolves. But that's what John is saying. Don't bring them in. Don't, don't even allow this. You don't give it a foothold. Anyone who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. See, there it is in a nutshell. <laughs> now, remember, that doesn't mean when you look at the pagans at Walmart and go, hey, have a nice day, nice to meet you. No, John's talking about the greeting is the welcoming in of the false teacher into your fellowship. Mm-hmm. If you do that, if you are the person in your fellowship of believers who looks at them and goes, well, you know, we got to be nice to everyone, so let's bring them in and make them feel comfortable. You're just as bad as they are. You're participating in their evil deeds. Ephesians 5.11 tells you what? (laughs) Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. Instead, even expose them. Don't participate. Shine the light. For you to sit there and say, well, they're not that bad. You are now just as bad as they are. That's not me talking. Mm -hmm. That's John talking. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we, we we have a responsibility to you know, not allow that so, kind of a, a seed to be planted. Now let's build on this. Right. So what is John pointing out here? That your church is built upon the testimony of the work of Christ. That testimony is the culmination of literally mm. millennia, plural, of God's work 
thousands of years of God working mm-hmm. to accomplish redemption for his children. That is where you stand, Christian. That is what the exposition of the New Testament is trying to get across to you, is that Christ stands at the fulfillment of all of these things, and he stands as the fulfillment of all of these things. Therefore, as we follow him, we are faithfully following down a faith tradition handed down from the saints since the garden. Okay? That is where Christ stands. If you attempt to stand anywhere else, you are wandering away from the truth because you are no longer moored to the historical basis for Christianity or the grounded work that Christ has accomplished. You are now creating God in your image. That's exactly when I was reading this article, but you're getting ready to do here. That's exactly what I was, that's exactly the way I felt. We are making him into our own image. And that's, this is the original sin, right? Yeah. Ye ye be like God, as King Jimmy, you know, lovely translated. Right. Ye be like God. That's the original temptation. And once again, Christian, what is always in effect? Ecclesiastes is always in effect. There is... Nothing new into the sun. I mean, we are to be imitators of God, but yes. we shouldn't seek to replace him with our own images. We are imitators of God as he has laid down the path. Yeah. See, that's why Paul can tell you, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. Right. I can follow the pathway that Christ has laid down because God has condescended, Philippians 2, to become a man and to demonstrate what faithful living and following looks like. Yeah. Being crucified in Christ, yes, and, and yet so, we live, you know, good old Galatians. St- if you stand anywhere else other than that place, you are standing on the broad road that leads to destruction. Right. You have you have forsaken the narrow gate. You have gone the wrong way, and to make matters worse, if you are allowing that sort of thing, you are just as bad as the person teaching it. Mm-hmm. That's a place that most Christians get very uncomfortable with because I, um, I phrase it this way. A lot of Christians have this uh, natural inclination where they want to be nicer than Jesus. <clears throat> I'm, no, I'm serious. They have determined that Christianity is a series of behaviors, and it is determined by how polite we are. I think I've told you this before. I think we've talked about it in here before. Yeah. But I was in a youth Sunday school class. Teaching a youth Sunday school class. This is five, six years ago. Oh, goodness, time flies. Um, and this lovely uh, 70-something-year-old woman. You know there's always like that grandmother lady hanging around the teenagers? Sure. She was that lady in this church. Okay. And so she was in there, and we were kind of walking through Scripture and doing various things. And for some odd reason, one of the things that I had pulled, I don't even remember what the lesson was on. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I, I just remember this encounter, was uh, Jesus clearing the temple. <clears throat> and a demonstration of his, uh, his, his, his wrath and his judgment and his justice. And I was basically trying to explain to teenagers that, you know, homeboy made a whip mm-hmm. and didn't just like, you know, uh, don't make me use this on you. Oh. His zeal for the Yeah, he was the in Lord, there cracking yeah. that sucker, mm-hmm. and she got offended. How dare you? The little seven-year-old woman was like, my Jesus would never do that. Oh, I'm my. like, well, if your Jesus would never judge sin, then your Jesus can't save you. That was an interesting class from that moment forward. Now that you mention it, I I can recall a conversation with a friend um, who was enamored by Jesus uh, and and the Nazarite vow. And he was convinced that Jesus wasn't from a town called Nazareth, that he was a Nazarene, that there was some kind of interpretation problem. 
And I was like, hmm, you do know that he drank wine at the Passover, right? Because that's a big no-no. You're not supposed to. Yeah, John the Baptist was a Nazarite. Right. So, you know, you get people with these strange ideas when, you know, just based off of little pieces here and there. See, but that's another Jesus. Right. It's another Jesus. And And Second John's warning is... When you go down that road, you are rejecting the work and teaching that God has provided. You are, uh, oh, who is it? Is that Fleetwood Mac theology where you go your own way? Yeah, you can go your, your own, own way. Yeah, you got me, man. <laughs> I love Fleetwood Mac. Um, so so right. how, how, did this, how did the story end? I mean, did you show her in Scripture? What? No, she was just one of those, well, I just can't. Oh, yeah. she wasn't hearing it. Yeah, after a while, the teenager was kind of looking at me like, She's not gonna make it, is she? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was an that was an interesting group. Good group of kids, though. But anyway, I mean, right. a lot of the teachings of Christ, you know, you, you love even your enemies, even the people who are killing yeah, you. I'm not saying you have to be mean, <clears throat> but but that level of I'm nicer than Jesus was literally. Well, Jesus would never do that. He did it twice, lady. Yep, he sure did it did. as the beginning of his public ministry, and he does it at the conclusion of his public ministry. It's bookends yes. as a warning. I mean, it's don't look at me and say, well, Jesus would never do that when he did it twice, in case you weren't paying attention the first time. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on now. Let's, let's get with the program here. That's what I mean, though, when I say nicer than Jesus. We have a tendency to do that with people, and we listen to, these te- we listen to teaching, and we listen to people preach and proclaim, and we're like, well, you know, they're trying. They're failing. Don't let him do it again. Mm-hmm. That's, this is not good. Yeah. I mean, I've seen guest speakers where I'm going, this dude's about four seconds away from me, like whipping a, whipping a hymnal at him if he says something dumb because he's on the verge. Uh-huh. And I mean, it terrifies me Sure, what goes on in some churches and what goes on with teaching that because it's not more to anything, there is such a tendency to start drifting along and being found wherever. When Scripture is clear, you have a historical basis and a testimony. Be grounded to that, because if you're not, I don't know where you're getting your teaching from, which means I don't know what Christ you're proclaiming, which means you don't have the Father, because you don't have the historical work, because you have rejected the testimony that Christ and his apostles have given. That's a problem. Would you like to see an example of this, children? Oh, let's do. <laughs> Yo, goody, goody, go drops, right? <laughs> yes. All right. I titled the article, George Floyd, Superstar. <laughs> yeah, I, I miss that. Jesus Christ, Superstar, right? Yep, I get it now. You're going to love this. Uh-huh. Paintings depicting George Floyd as Jesus Christ hang in both the Catholic University of America's campus ministry office and its law school. Okay. The Catholic University of America, I was reading through this, is the, I don't know if, it meant, if I pulled that part out or not, but it is the, um, the pontifically endorsed university in the United States. Like, they're so it. So it's the official. It's the official one. They're officially mm-hmm. official. Mm-hmm. They, 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 well, they, especially when you say pontificated. Yes, they, um, they know the secret handshake. You know, they're, 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 they're in, in. Do they wear the funny hats too? Probably. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's, that's my main reason I can't be Catholic. I, I come from the, uh, the Dennis Leary school of understanding Catholicism. Okay. And I can't be a part of a religion where authority is based on the size of your hat. <laughs> Never heard that one. That's good. Yeah. Priests get no hats. Mm-hmm. Um, the bishops get the, 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 the bishops get the little beanie thing. Mm-hmm. The cardinals get the little bit bigger beanie thing in the red color. And then the Pope gets the. 
great big old yeah yeah Dennis uh, Dennis Dagon Leary hat. yeah yeah Dennis Leary used to joke about that because you're gonna get to heaven and you're gonna see God and be like who are you I'm God who else would I be look at the size of my hat yeah I was gonna say where, where's that yeah God's gonna have like a big sombrero you know yeah <laughs> look like Speedy Gonzalez's cousin or something oh, you know this is bad we yes yes go it there. is Oh, man. So there's reason one why you should be Catholic. But anyway, <laughs> reason number two is paintings depicting George Floyd as Jesus Christ hang in the law school and the campus ministry office. Mm-hmm. Catholic University appeared to shrug off responsibility for the painting Monday, telling uh, the Daily Signals where this comes from, telling that artist Kelly Lattimore's painting Mama, that's the name of the painting, Mama, depicts the Virgin Mary supporting the body of the dead Christ. Now, if you can't see this, I encourage you to go look this up, though. I included a, a, the, the screenshot of this for Lou. Yeah, I was... Does that look like Jesus? No, it does not look like Jesus. Not even a little bit. Now, they claim it looks like Jesus because, um, okay, if you don't know anything about church art, okay, here's your, your church art class. Are you ready? You'll know who the important people in church art are, who are in... You'll know who the important people in church art are. I think that's the right way to phrase that. If not, you can correct me later. By what's behind them. So, like, the masses will just be painted. And typically, if you get back to medieval and Renaissance stylings, you'll see the masses painted in kind of this awash, grayish, you know, fleshy tone. They look kind of like one step above zombies. Mm -hmm. And then the teacher will be up there in these rich skin tones, and they'll have this gold plate behind their head. It's a sun disc. Yes, but it's it's basically meant to symbolize that that's the saint in the painting. Right. That's how you know who the good guys are, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. If you didn't know that, now you do. Mm -hmm. All right? So this this little painting has a uh, a black Virgin Mary with the little hood thingamabob with her little saint marker behind her her little disc holding what is literally george floyd with his little disc behind him they're claiming the university that it's the virgin mary supporting jesus although the artist has indicated repeatedly that his painting depicts both floyd and jesus that's not how this works that's not how any of this works all right first of all i'm an i'm an iconoclast okay okay you bring me images in church, and I want to burn them with fire. Right. I mean, I would not have made it through the Byzantine controversies of the 7th and 8th century when they were having that fight, because I would have been on the losing side. I am not an, icon, on a, not an iconophile. I'm an iconoclast, which means when you bring me statues of the Virgin Mary, I think they should be destroyed and ground into powder. When you bring me paintings of Christ, I think they should be burned with fire. When you give me sculptures of what's supposed to be depicting God, you know, sitting on his throne, you know, nuclear warheads should be deployed. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't know what Christ looked like, but oh, we obviously. do know that he was Middle Eastern. Yeah. Okay. So the, all these depictions. Here's and, the, I don't care. Yeah. It, you know, what does that have to do with the, the work that he came to do? And, Nothing. And accomplish? Nothing, because the work is recorded <clears throat> where? It is built upon the history that is revealed in Scripture. Right, in Scripture. So here you go. You can identify Jesus by the marks in the halo, said Kamala Zoya, vice president for university communications. That's the little, the little golden plate I was talking about behind the head. Lazoya would not further address the matter. The Catholic University of America also released a report Friday examining the university's culture and practices on matters of diversity and inclusion. See, the only diversity and inclusion that should matter in a church is, are you keeping the heretics out and getting the saints in? That's what diversity and inclusion should look like. Well, what do the heretics look like? I don't care. What do the saints look like? I don't care. Are the saints in and the heretics out? There's what diversity and inclusion looks like. We're done here. Mm-hmm. 
The university, which prides itself, oh, here it is, the university, which prides itself on its status as the pontifical university of the Catholic Church in the United States, and the only institution of higher education founded by Catholic bishops in the United States, held a ceremony in March celebrating the unveiling of Lattimore's mama. Following the violent death of George Floyd on May 25th, 2020, that seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? It does. What was that, like eight, nine months? It seems like a lifetime. Lattimore created this icon in June of that year. I love that they called it an icon. Yeah. I, lo- I love I mean, that. people don't realize what that means, but... And says a description posted with the painting according to the photograph... I'm sorry. Yes. Okay, sorry. Created this icon in June of that year, says a description posted with the painting according to the photographs. This is what the, the, the description says. So the little image you're looking at that shows the painting, mm-hmm. that little plaque on the wall, this paragraph is what that little plaque says. Ah, uh, I get it now. The image is evocative of the Pieta. The mother of sorrows. The description continues. May Mary, the mirror of justice, hear the cry of all who have known the sorrow of losing a loved one to violence and injustice. Amen. Mm. I love the duplicitous nature of this. So the university is claiming that it's obviously Jesus while hanging a plaque that says that it's not. While the artist says, what do you mean you think that's Jesus? That's obviously George Floyd as if he were Jesus. This is warped. Mm-hmm. Now, let's take this... There's so many things wrong with this. I was going to say. I mean, I, <laughs> we just got to pick one and go with it, I guess, but... What is so stupid about this? Let me count the ways. <laughs> All right. Let's start with the artist. Can you come up with a higher blasphemy for an artistic rendering than displaying Jesus as a, as a dying drug addict? Regardless of your feelings on how George Floyd died, right? He's not a saint. No, he never was. Was never really. He a, was always in trouble. I mean, even by the world standards, he's not a good guy. I don't really like the way the man was treated. What again? Regardless, look, I didn't say he deserved what happened to him on that side on that highway. Not, definitely but not. But even by the world standard, this is not a good guy. No, he wasn't. To but, tell, but to they tell me, him to a martyr. To tell me that his death is... Now, here's the other part. Regardless of how bad the cop is, regardless of what you think of the police, and I'm willing to listen, even the prosecution in that case never tied any animus between the officer and Floyd. Was it bad policing? Probably. Could it have been handled differently? Absolutely. Should the man have died on that street? No. Does that make him a martyr? Also, no. Sometimes bad things happen to bad people in bad ways badly. Yeah, I mean, what, what defines a martyr of the church? I mean, Someone who has died for the faith, for the upholding <sighs> of the faith. You know the faith, wow. once for all, handed down by the saints, is revealed right. in Christ, who has come in the flesh. Right. That's the standard here. Anything short of that, not a martyr. That's why I think this so, falls short. So <laughs> short. There is, there is, okay, that's going to be right there. Lose understatements for 2022. This, are, this artistic rendering falls short. <laughs> what you have just painted may be the word. That... <laughs> yeah. I we, mean, we are all worse having looked at it. I mean, who, who's actually claiming that he was a saint? Apparently this painting and the president, but that's a, that's a different discussion for another day. Okay, yeah. So from the artistic perspective, this is terrible. This is, even if you are an iconophile, and you like some iconography, mm-hmm. this is bad iconography. I agree. This is the elevation of the wrong person put in the wrong place 
for the wrong reason to send the wrong message. Other than that, nailed it. Other than it's the wrong depiction of the wrong person for the wrong reasons. You, you nailed this one, okay? So that's from the artistic perspective. Now, putting aside all the animus that you and I might have towards the Catholic Church, and let's be honest, you and I have animus towards the Catholic Church. Yeah, I would, yeah. And let I, me be more specific. You and I have animus towards the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. So the big C Catholic Church, not the little C Catholic Church, meaning the universal church, which we love. Right. We love the universal church. Not many people know that there's a difference. Yeah, the, the, the church triumphant, the church invisible. We love those guys. Mm-hmm. And gals. I'm from New England. We say guys about everybody. So just get over that one. Um, we have some animus towards the Roman Catholic Church. We think they teach a wrong gospel. Yeah. We think their ecclesiastical structure is broken at best. We think the authority that they attempt to wield is misguided at best. Oh, down, downright, way more credit. downright antichristical at worst. But mm-hmm. I, I'm, 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 pay- I'm looking on the bright side of life, Monty. Okay. All right. <laughs> so uh, setting all of that aside, this is bad even for them. Like, even for, even for the ecclesiastical follies of the Roman Catholic Church, this is bad even for them. This is literally trying to say, oh, no, 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 that's, that's, that's Jesus. Stop asking me questions. Pay no attention to that man behind the mirror. I mean, this, is, this, 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 to me, this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. This is the literal definition of everything that Second John is warning you against. This is placing the wrong Christ, which will obviously lead you towards a non-salvation because he has no access to the Father. Right in the center of your entire worldview. A worldview that, as we have discussed numerous times, a worldview that is supposed to be centered upon Christ as revealed in his word. I mean, this is why we point out not acknowledging that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not, well, you know, Jesus was an historical person. It's a talk, it's a, it's a rejection of the fulfillment and the fulfilling work that Christ has done, which means that would be a rejection of the prophetic witness, which would be a rejection of the promises that God has laid down, which would be a rejection of the most foundational truth in all of human history, which is, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. A rejection of Christ is a rejection of all of those things. Right. I mean, it's, it's fundamentally flawed. I mean, it, it, it yes. checks all the boxes for a heresy. And <laughs> like you said, you know, can you think of anything that's more blasphemous? Um, well, there is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, but this is really bad. This, you know, oh. And again, even, even for a Catholic university, this is bad. Like, this would, this would be bad for, like, a really good conservative Bible-believing evangelical seminary. Yeah. Like, if we saw, we'd be like, what are you people doing? Yeah. I mean, we, you and I would both have a higher bar for, like, um, for, like, Dallas Theological Seminary. We would have a higher bar for Dallas Theological Senator Seminary than we would for the Catholic University. Sure. We would have a higher bar for something like even Gordon-Conwell or Westminster or something like that than we would for these guys. Mm-hmm. But even for the lower bar that we would have for an uh, ecclesiastical Catholic school, they couldn't jump over that low bar here. Right. This is, this is a fundamental breakdown and rejection of how we worship and how we live. And this gets back. The reason why this is so, so important is because, Christian, if your understanding of Christ is not built on the historical moorings of the faith, 
and the historical fulfillments of those moorings, then you are, in fact, looking at me and saying, my Jesus would never do such a thing. Your Jesus literally did it, and they wrote about it and proclaimed it to the masses. Mm -hmm. So when you look at me and say he wouldn't do that, you're arguing with the Holy Spirit, you're rejecting the testimony of the Father, and you're rejecting the work of the Son. Other than that, great job, everybody. Sounds like a dangerous place to stand. Yeah, it's a horrid place. Yeah. When we start to say, well, you know, George Floyd is just like Jesus. No. Look, take a good one. Like Polycarp. What? Here, here's, here's, a, here's a phrase you never thought somebody would say out loud. My favorite martyr. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> right. Polycarp is like top three martyrs for me. He and, um, he and Lattimore and Ridley are, are my favorites. Okay. But not in then be like, hey, good job, guys. But I mean, like, I want to, when I grow up, I want to be that ornery in my faith. Right. That's, that's the, when like, I want. Do your worst. Yeah. Man. When I grow up, I want to be like those dudes. Okay. Mm-hmm. But to even look at me and go, well, Polycarp is just like Jesus. Whoa. Time out, dude. Slow your roll and know your roll, okay? No, 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 no. Yeah, that's, stay that's, in your lane, right? Yeah, that's not how this game gets played. Polycarp was a faithful follower. Yeah, on the let's compare him to Jesus scale, no. Mm-hmm. Just, just no. Because that's not the game we play. We're imitators of Paul as he imitates Christ, which means we are ultimately supposed to be imitating who? Christ. 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 We follow Paul, and you, I, I've said this before. You follow Paul as fa- Paul rightly follows Jesus. When Paul wrongly follows Jesus, you stop following Paul and you continue to follow Jesus. If you'd like a good example of this, let's put it this way, Christian. Mm-hmm. Should you follow Peter as Peter follows after Christ? Yeah, as, as long as he's following yeah. after Christ. Go read Galatians 2. Go read Galatians 2. Yeah. Because Paul talks about that. He was looking at Peter, not following Christ. So what did he say? Oh, you know, I better just sit here and be quiet. He withstood him to his face. He stood up in front of everybody and be like, dude, that's not how we play this game. That's not how this goes down. Right. And Peter, to his credit, acknowledged. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on there. A lot of cultural yes oh no and 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 it's exactly what we're seeing here because and peter was wrong cultural issue newsflash peter was wrong about something if you've read your new testament is that really exactly a shock Uh, to you peter never claimed to be in you know peter never claimed to be infallible who would have thunk that one yeah yeah yeah. and something else we have a notch against the roman (laughs) catholic church there isn't it right so excuse me but that's part of this so there's there's a good example as the following is wrong you don't follow anymore John, who would have told you as he's reading this, look, if I'm leading you in the right direction, stop following me. Right. Proclaim Christ and him crucified, the grounded historical faith, the once-for-all delivered faith, as Jude points out, grounded in the wisdom that God gives from on high, as James points out, persevering in the faith, as both James, uh, James 1 and 1 Peter 1 and Romans 5 points out, doing all of these things because we are following after Christ. To do anything less is to agree with the world, follow something that isn't Christ revealed down through the ages, which leads you to what? Nothing good. Yep. So, ah, this chair is going to drive me crazy. I hope that doesn't come through in the recording too bad. Hopefully the the sound gate catches most of that, because I got got a chair that I got to get some WD-40 to. It wasn't doing this last week. So, ah, all right. Have we missed something? 
No, I think we've covered it all. Unless, all right. unless you want to talk a little bit about the Marianology that we got going uh, on. No? Okay. Probably not. But <laughs> even that's the worst I mean, part. Because they, they put it in everything. Oh, I know. And even on this painting, if you go look it up. and go, and go I encourage you to go look for it. Look, look up the picture of this. Just, just Google George Floyd Jesus. I'm sure you'll come up with probably more than just this painting. But, but, but They're always given her titles that belong to Christ. Yeah. The mirror of justice. That doesn't even make sense. And why is she holding the dead body when... If he was truly a martyr, wouldn't the Holy Spirit be carrying the soul? And there's so many things just wrong, yeah. just wrong. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's why I said, even putting aside all of those things. Oh, it's hard for me. This I come is foundational. From that oh, I know. Yeah, no, that's. But, that's <clears throat> I still got family so members yeah, that are trapped. Enjoy, in that. Google this, check it out, and just roll your eyes. But realize, this is what I mean when I say, in the world, all the Jesuses are good, except for the real one. Because this is what the deception and the Antichrist that first, that second John is talking about is all about. Mm -hmm. Can I get you to follow any Jesus? Just any Jesus. Because if I can get you to follow any Jesus but the real one, I win. I have accomplished my purpose. I have led you astray. You have bought into the lie. You are walking away and walking towards destruction. And that's all the world has. It has deception and it has lies. What's the cure for that, Christian? To be grounded in the truth. His word is truth. To understand the historical foundations, to see the fulfillments, to trust in the promises, and to walk in the light of them as you continue on in your life. That's what Second John is about. That's what Third John's about. That's what the entirety of the New Testament is about. That's the cure for all of this. So when you see this stuff, stop and ask yourself, okay, what's wrong with it? Why is it wrong? Now, more importantly, what is right? And then live there. Mm -hmm. So what have we learned here today, children? Jesus matters. Duh. <laughs> Duh, right? Duh. <laughs> the world wants its own savior. Right. They yep. don't want the savior. They want the one made in their image. Yeah, that's a good takeaway. And without Christ, all lawlessness will increase. Because this is what they do. With, when you remove Jesus from the <laughs> equation, well, what have we got left? Well, whatever our little old hearts desire, almost like they're accumulating teachers for themselves. Wow. Because they're having their ears tickled, and mm. the love of many is growing cold. It's almost like there's a warning in Scripture about this sort of thing. And you're seeing it in real time because you've been seeing it in real time since the time of the apostles. Because there is nothing new under the sun. Right. So Christian, persevere in your faith. Grounded in the Word. Read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye.